Come Holy Spirit, take our minds and think with them. Take my lips and speak with them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The resurrection of our Lord is not about life going on and on and on and on. It is about life being changed. It is about life being made new. It is about life being transformed. Life can be made new through the power of forgiveness. But it's up to us to forgive or retain forgiveness. If pride holds us back from forgiving, life as we know it will go on and on and on and on. Without ever being made new, life will go on and on and on until we learn to forgive. There was a nice little lady named Miss Jones who was a member of one of those churches that abstained from alcohol. I guess they figured it was the safest way to keep from getting drunk was just not touch the stuff at all. And one Saturday afternoon, she was in the Piggly Wiggly and she saw Roscoe Poovey, a deacon of the church, with his shopping cart on aisle three with a bottle of red wine hidden under the celery and a dozen free-range eggs. <laughs> a man who had signed in blood that alcohol would never pass his lips. She was outraged. She was filled with righteous, self-righteous, I mean, not self-righteous, with righteous indignation. And she determined that the next day she was going to let the pastor have it about this. So the next day came and Sunday services were over. Everyone was filing out of the church and she told the pastor about Roscoe's bottle of wine. So he decided that he would make a pastoral call that afternoon. And he went over to her house and he sat down in her living room and he began to tell her, you know my dear Jesus, at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, turned 180 gallons of water into the very finest wine. She said, I know it, and I haven't forgiven him for it yet. <laughs> Donna was a woman uh, I knew back in Birmingham in the 1980s. She came a few times to St. Stephen's Episcopal Church but every time she came into a church, it was like she had put her hand on a hot stove and she would back away. I got to know Donna over the course of about nine or ten years. She played the piano in a nightclub. I don't know what in the world I was doing there. <laughs> and she would on occasion come to St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, but like I said, it was like putting her hand on a hot stove. I got to know Donna's story. Her story was something that Hawthorne would have known about. It seems that Donna in college had played piano at a Baptist church and her and the minister had had an affair. Donna wore her scarlet letter 
like a badge of honor. She wouldn't let it go. She wouldn't lay that burden down. Unlike Hester Prynne, who goes through the scarlet letter with her head held high, Donna could not forgive herself for what she had done. The place for us to begin the process of forgiveness is with ourselves. Jesus taught his followers to pray, forgive us our trespasses. It is important for us to experience the grace of mercy before we go about forgiving others. It is pride that keeps us from experiencing new life. If we can't forgive ourselves for not doing life perfectly, then how can we forgive others in their failings? In a book called A Season for Justice, Morris Dees talks about a case that he had, a case against the Ku Klux Klan. The background of the case was that in the late 1970s, a young Birmingham police officer named Eugene Ballard had been shot and killed right there in front of the Birmingham Trust National Bank on 20th Street. He'd been shot and killed by a young black man. That man's trial was moved to Mobile because of the publicity involved in that trial. Eugene Ballard's widow, Callie, was one of our secretaries at Bagby Electric Company back in those days. The trial was moved to Mobile and the Klan sent a message to the Klansmen in Mobile, if that trial does not end with a guilty verdict, you should go and find a young black man and kill him. And that's what two men named Tiger Knowles and Henry Hayes did. They went out after that case was deadlocked by the jury. They went out at night and they found Michael Donald, a young black man. And they took him and they beat him and they killed him and they took his body and hung it in a predominantly black neighborhood. Three years later, Morris Dees and the Southern Poverty Law Center brought a case against the Klan, a civil case, because of the murder of Michael Donald. While Tiger Knowles was testifying in that case, sitting in the witness chair, testifying against the Klan, Tiger Knowles suddenly stopped his testimony. And he looked at Miss Donald, the mother of the young man that he and Henry Hayes had killed. And he said to her, Miss Donald, if there's any way that you can forgive me for what we did to your boy, I would greatly appreciate it. Morris Deeds said that Beulah Mae Donald began to rock back and forth in her chair and moan. And finally she said to him, Son, you don't understand. I have already forgiven you. I have already forgiven you. Forgiveness, of course, is not the same as reconciliation. But it is a good start. It's the start that Beulah Mae Donald made before she went into that courtroom to face the men who had murdered her son. Forgiveness is the start we can make toward finding new life and transforming relationships. To overcome our pride 
and lay down the burden of unforgiveness can be life-changing. No one ever experienced change holding a grudge. John tells us that the disciples met behind locked doors for fear of the Jews on that first Sunday of resurrection. If no one else needed forgiveness in that room, Peter did. On Friday evening, he had denied three times that he even knew who Jesus was. And while that was a great truth in one sense, I'm sure that there was more than one or two angry glances at him from the other disciples. The scene is a dark and fearful one in major need of forgiveness. And into this scene, Jesus is suddenly standing among them. And he says the customary shalom, be made whole, be made at peace. And he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The power of resurrection forgiveness has been left to us. If we forgive the sins of any, including ourselves, they are forgiven. But if we retain the sins of any, they are retained by us. They become an unnecessary burden for us to bear. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our sins. And then he added, as we forgive those who trespass against us. May we open our hearts and minds to the one who calls us to forgive. May we be able one day to say to someone who's hurt us, I've already forgiven you. What you did hurt me and left its scars, but I've already forgiven you. I've already laid that burden down. May the power of Christ's resurrection bring healing to a world that's tearing itself apart with hatred and violence and terrorism like we've witnessed yet once again in a synagogue in San Diego. May the power of that forgiveness and reconciliation be known in the world and bring peace and wholeness to a world that's literally tearing itself apart with hatred and violence. I've shared these thoughts with you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.